0: Hey everyone, welcome to episode 120, Pizza Parlor Parenting. Meet our mom, Kelly Hutchison. She is a life coach. She is a child counselor. She is a teacher. She's a parent coach. And she's a mom to us. She will teach you to stop yelling at your kids. She will teach you to get your kids to listen. She will teach you how to never sleep with mommy guilt again. She will teach you how to be an imperfect mom. So you can help your kids be imperfect too. And And have have harmony in the home. These titles completely crack me up. I just kind of like pick them like I'm at an apple tree and I'm just plucking apples because I learn skills better and learn ways of living through analogies and story. And I could read you quotes all day long, but if I'm not giving you an actionable item, an actionable step to take, then it's kind of like we're just talking about, yeah, I know what I should do, but when it comes down to it, and I have a kid with snot coming out of their nose and they're screaming in my face, what do I do then, Kelly? What do I do then? So this concept, Pizza Parlor Parenting, I didn't just make it up, I kind of made it my own, but it all comes from what I see a lot of moms do As a coach, I help people in all different walks of life, all different areas, and there's so many common threads because if someone's coming to me with weight loss issues, how you do one thing is how you do all the things. And so if there's a weight loss issue, I could be talking like I'm talking to a mom that is having issues with her child not listening, and it's the same teaching, just different players in the teaching. Does that make sense? So a lot of times I find that a lot of moms and just humans in general have a hard time because with Facebook and social media and PTO and what other moms are doing, what other dads are doing, what other families are doing, we always have this notion that they're doing it better. And it doesn't have to be in all the things. It could be their house, their car, the way they're parenting, their kids' sports, their grades. And so that's normal for your brain to do that because your brain is always coming from lack without mind management. So I don't want you to have guilt and shame about it. I want to reassure you, and I've talked to you about this before in the Comparison is the Thief of Joy episode, how everyone has their own 50-50, no matter what. There's no way you can get around it. And the less you push away from the 50 50, which I found, the more your life becomes more 80 20 because you're not trying to repel and push down so much of the 50 that's kind of the muck, kind of like the ugh. I don't even know if that's even a word. And so I want to start off some quotes and then I'm going to tell you a story and then I'm going to give you takeaways. How about them apples? A lot of times I talk about how comparison is a thief of joy. Because we always think in an area of our life where we are having a hard time, we see someone who's not having a hard time in that area. And then we create this character analysis that they are better, they are more worthy, and they are more whole, and there's something wrong with you or there's something wrong with me. I do it all the time. I told you the story about my dad when we would go to soccer games and we'd be playing against people who like took my position and made the team over me and I didn't even make the team. And my dad would go up to the parents afterwards and be like, wow, your daughter is so talented. I'm like, hello? And then he would say, well, what can we learn from this person? How can she help you grow and evolve as a soccer player? So that's what he taught me a very young age about comparison. If someone's a little further ahead of you, instead of looking at them as a threat where they're gonna take your spot on the team, more like they got their spot on the team because they were a little bit more ahead of you, but it doesn't throw the baby out with the bathwater like you are a horrible soccer player. Like you're a horrible person just because someone's doing it a little bit better. It's a little bit easier for them. We always think other people have their easier lives. They had an easier childhood. They have easier spouses. They have easier kids. They have an easier house to maintain. They have an easier schedule. That's what the brain does without mind management. So just know that. And other people are doing that about you. Isn't that crazy? People are looking at you and going, oh, she's just doing it so much better than me in whatever area. It's different for everybody. So I love this quote, a flower does not think of competing to the flower next to it, it just blooms. And this is a good one. Every minute you spend wishing you had someone else's life is a minute spent wasting yours. Ooh, you're gonna love this one. We often lose our way when we compare ourselves to others. We lose our inspiration, motivation, and that ambitious drive. Compare yourself to no one, not a single person. You are unique and what makes you perfectly different is what sets you aside to crush those dreams. And I posted this before, happiness is found when you stop comparing yourself to other people. And this is a really good one. Don't compare your chapter one to someone else's chapter 20. That kind of leads me to the story of when I first started coaching in like 2013, it was a big leap of faith. I was scared to death because in the schools, I had nothing but security, except I didn't have any time freedom. And I was so burnt out of the treadmill of the hamster wheel, that when I got home after dealing with kids all day and very, very severe behavior issues, I had nothing left in the emotional tank, so to speak. And so I thought, well, maybe I could work at high school because I was working with such little, little kids. And then I was coming home to my own little, little kids. And I'm like, I don't have enough gas in the tank for this. And this is something we worked so hard for and we prayed for and we went through all the infertility struggles for. And then it was finally happening. I'm like, wait a minute, this is going way too fast. I can't enjoy any of it. I'm not having any fun. This is not fun. This is just grunt work. And I felt like I should be enjoying it more. And so when I found coaching, I was like, wait a hot stinking minute. Are you kidding me? Because I joked to David. I didn't actually joke. I was like, I can't do little kids all day and then come home to little or kids at night. Like, it's just, I need to go work at high school because they're still kids, of course, but they have a little bit more self-control. I just I didn't have any self-control at home. And then I was dealing with so much lack of self-control at school. And then when I got home, it was like, I could hold it in and do all the things there because I had no ego in the schools. But when I got home, I was out of control and they were out of control. So it was a bad mix. And I would joke to David, that I was like, maybe I should go into banking. And like me and math, not a good idea. Or is it math and me? Not a good connection. He kind of looked at me like, what? When we first met, oh my gosh, this is a funny story. When I balanced my checkbook before I met David, I would just round up to the nearest dollar because the math was too hard in the checkbook. And my mom gave me the idea. She's like, this is a really good idea because then you always know you have a little buffer in the bank. And I would also, when I bought my first condo on my own at like, I don't know, 21 years old. I was so proud. And I bought all this furniture from Rooms to Go. I remember it was $5,000, but no interest for five years. So I didn't have to pay it off for five years. I was like, oh my gosh, this is amazing. But I was so afraid that when I got to the end of the five years, I wouldn't have the $5,000. So you know what I did? This is so DUMB. And David still, I'm now 46, almost 47. He still makes fun of me to this day because he's like a finance guy. He's like a mini Dave Ramsey. So I wrote a check. To Rooms to Go, I did the math. I'm like, okay, for five years, and it was like $222 or something like that a month. And then at the end of the five years, I took the money out, but I didn't ever send in the check to rooms to go. I know you're dying. I know it's just so embarrassing. I don't know. I wasn't planning on telling this story. I wrote the check. It was Curious George Checks. My name, Kelly Stout, the whole nine yards, Cedar Springs Drive. And I wrote the check for $222. And instead of sending it in, I just put it in my desk. And then the next month I did the same thing. And I took it out. obviously took that amount out of my bank account on the checkbook, but I never matched them up. Does that make sense? Because I was so afraid after the five years I wasn't going to have the money. So I was just going to give them all 60 checks when I was all done. So dumb, bro. But it was like out of sight, out of mind. I would take the money. I would register it in my checkbook and take the $222 out. But I wouldn't mail in the check because I was so afraid. And then between that and me rounding up money to the nearest dollar when I wrote a check, because checks were like a thing back then. So I meet David, and I was like, I just so, it's so cool. I have the coolest bank. He's like, really, why? Sunco Schools Credit Union. It's the most amazing bank because like at the end of the month, I like add up all that I've spent and all that I've earned. And I always have extra and it doesn't line up. I think they're putting money into my bank account because it was more than $222. It just added up in that compound effect. I wasn't putting it together. And he was like, oh, dear Lord. So I got a little sideways there on that story, but I share everything with you guys. So there's no judgment and there's no shame. And if if you judge me, then that's okay because I judge myself already. So there's nothing you can say or do that's gonna judge me harder than I've already judged myself in all areas. It doesn't matter. It could be about cooking, wifing, parenting, housekeeping, how I get my mail, all the things. I'm very hard on myself. So if someone gives me criticism, I'm like, yeah, I kind of agree. I, I know, I know. It's a constant work in progress. And comparison is one part that is very hard for all the people, including me, because we always think that someone has it easier, they have it lighter, they have something better that we don't have. We fixate on that because the brain doesn't think it's doing a good enough job and the brain doesn't think it's good enough and the ego gets scared and it comes from lack and fear. So it's like, you're not doing enough, you're not enough, you're not good enough. Let's look at this person as evidence to prove how you're not enough. But when you know that everybody's doing that, then you're like, oh, that's part of the being a human. Then you don't have judgment and shame around it. You're like, oh, that's what it means to be human. Without mind management, I will compare myself to other people because I'm feeling not good enough in a certain area. So then the brain goes and looks for evidence for it. And it might find it in your sister-in-law. It might find it in your mother-in-law who did something better or your neighbor or your gritty gritty grandpappy. It doesn't really matter who it is because that, person is there to teach you how to evolve and grow and not play the compare and despair game because it never leads to greater growth. Makes us feel lack and not good enough. And then we do less in that area to make change. Change is very hard for the brain. It's very stubborn. You're not stubborn. I'm not stubborn. The brain is very stubborn because it's created as neural pathways and it likes to seek pleasure, avoid pain and be efficient. So it's doing its job. So reprogramming, adjusting and creating new neural pathways, which is just like another maze, is completely normal. It takes a lot of work in the beginning and then you start to catch yourself. You're like, oh, this is what Kelly was talking about. When I first started coaching, I was like, this is the most amazing thing ever because I have time freedom with my babies. And I was still doing what I was doing in the schools. I was just doing it around their schedule versus being gone from you know 6.30 to 5.30 most days, 4.30 if I was lucky. And I was still filling up the emotional cup And I had lots left in the tank for the little, little guys. I remember going to my first event and I was like, oh my goodness. And I was a baby coach, like brand spanking new. I was probably like, I don't know, eight months in still didn't know what the heck I was doing and I was just winging it, but I was gonna go to this conference of people who have been coaching so much longer than me. I'm talking like years and I was gonna learn so much and I did learn so much and I couldn't wait to meet some of the people that I had fallen in love with, with their YouTubes or meeting them on Zooms and I just was like, oh my goodness, these people I put on this huge pedestal, I'm finally going to meet them. And I would meet them and I was like, oh, you're so normal. Oh, wait, you have your own 50-50. I would meet a coach who's been coaching for five years and I literally had watched every single one of her YouTubes and I literally thought she walked on water. And then I would talk to her and I'd be like, oh my God, I cannot believe you just reached XYZ goal. I am so impressed with you. I just have to tell you, and I would go on and on like a blithering little fool, like fangirl, like it was embarrassing. And they would kind of look at me like, And then they would say, literally every single time, yeah, I'm excited about XYZ goal, but I haven't reached... ABC goal yet. I'm like, what? Wait, I thought once you got to XYZ goal, that it was like unicorns and rainbows and happily ever after. And they're like, no, we really want ABC goal. And I was like, okay, so it's not XYZ, it's ABC goal. Okay, so then I would be like, okay, I need to find the person who I knew had reached ABC goal. And I was like, I cannot wait to run to this person. I would be like in the elevator. Sometimes I'd take an extra few floors because they were in the same hotel, and then they like would get on the elevator. I'm like, I can't talk to them. I would get so starstruck. But then I'd see him like at the water cooler and I'm like, hey, you know, I'm a big fan and I just wanted to tell you, thank you so much. I've learned so much from your channel. Back then, YouTube was like the thing. YouTube taught me so much because I was just so obsessed, you know, with me and my obsessive personality. I was obsessed with watching YouTubes after YouTubes after YouTubes after YouTubes. If I didn't know how to do it, I'm like, YouTube how to do it. So I I met the XYZ girl and I was like, oh my gosh, you're amazing. How do you do it? And they're like, well, I'll be happy once I get ABC goal. I'm like, okay, so ABC, okay, okay, okay. So you're not happy with X, Y, Z, but you want ABC. Okay, so then I would know who reached the ABC goal and I go to the ABC girl. I'm like, oh my gosh, ABC girl, you reached the ABC. And I would say, not so fangirly. I'm like, good job on doing the ABC goal. That was awesome. I was so impressed. And they're like, yeah, but you know, I got the X, Y, Z and I got the ABC, but I really want the LMN goal. And I'm like, wait a minute. I'm sensing a trend here. This is a pattern. This is not an event. And it happened time after time after time after time. People that literally make more than a million dollars as a coach. And I was like, oh my gosh, oh my God, fangirl, fangirl. And they'd be like, yeah, but I'm afraid I'm going to lose it all. Or I was a one-hit wonder. Or yeah, but it's really hard to run such a huge team because I have so many people upset with me now because I have so many more people to manage. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. I thought the happily ever after was the XYZ goal or the ABC or the LMN. And then I'd meet them and they were still having their 50-50. I was like, wait, what? And so I talked to the XYZ girl. We went out to dinner. I literally think she walks on water. I still do to this day. And I sat there and listened to her literally beat herself up about how she wasn't good enough. And these were all the reasons why in all the areas. And I was like, this doesn't make any sense to me. And she was going hard on herself. And I was like, wait a minute, what's happening here? And I said, you have the most beautiful pizza parlor. I said, it's like you're running a pizza parlor And your pizza parlor is rocking it out. You have the best pizza. You have a line around the corner. Your menu's on fire. Your workers are incredible. Your drinks are cold. Your pizza's hot, customers are happy, they refer people, and you're sitting here as the owner of your pizza parlor and you're focused on other people's pizza parlor and what they're doing at their pizza parlor because maybe they have a longer line or they're a bigger restaurant or their pizza's different. But what happens is when you're someone else's pizza parlor, you're not appreciating all the good that's in this pizza parlor. You need to stay in your pizza parlor, not go to other people's pizza parlor. And sometimes you're just walking by and looking through the window. But when you look through the window of other people's pizza parlors, you're forgetting about all the customers that are at your pizza parlor and all the cheese that you need to order for your pizzas and the crust and the Parmesan cheese and the energy that you need to bring to all your employees and those menus. You don't want sticky menus, but if you're so busy at other people's pizza parlors that are amazing too, you can both be amazing pizza parlors. You're not in competition with each other. Find the good in your pizza parlor. And also it's okay when you're not working to go to the other pizza parlor and get lots of ideas, but don't get the ideas and write them down as this is how I'm gonna be better. Write the ideas down and say, this is how we're both gonna be better. And then you invite that pizza parlor owner over into your pizza parlor and they do the same thing because the brain is very black and white. It's very all or nothing. So if someone else's pizza parlor is awesome, that means that your pizza parlor is not and that's not how it works. When you live from the abundant mindset, both can exist at the same time. It's not one or the other. And that analogy helped her so much to focus on her pizza parlor, all the things that were going right, and then tweaking the things that were going quote unquote wrong, making changes, but loving the pizza parlor that she has and all of the customers and all of the employees and all of the cheese and all of the dough and all of the ovens that she put in there. And that's the same thing I want you to do with your kids, with your spouse, with your house, with your job, all the things. And if you don't like something that's happening in your pizza parlor, you can tweak it and fine tune it, but it doesn't make you any more worthy or more valuable when you do tweak it. It doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you, your parents, your kids, your spouse, your family, if you make a change. Now, when you make a change, especially in the family unit, other people, you remember I told you, change is very, very hard for the brain. It does not like it, it's very stubborn. It likes same old, same old, it loves autopilot, okay? Now, pocket that. Now, when you make a change, it creates a ripple effect. So you will have pushback. People like the same old, same old, just like we do. Doesn't mean we need to judge them. Doesn't mean we need to shame them. Because when we step out of our comfort zone, what it does is it rocks the boat of their comfort zones too. This is completely normal. You're not gonna get mad about it. You're not gonna throw shade. You're not gonna stop doing what you're doing because you stepping out of your comfort zone is making someone else uncomfortable. That is normal. Just like when people in my life step out of their comfort zone, I'm like, whoa, hey, okay, 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 this is what we're doing now, okay, all right. I got to breathe in, I breathe out. I know about my management. A lot of people don't. That doesn't make us better or worse because we know about my management. Before I knew about personal development or coaching, I was definitely, my boat was rocked when other people would rock their boat. I'm like, who does she think she is? What is she doing? Oh my God. I got all judgy wedgy and like all gossipy and like, what the heck? I look back, I'm like, what were you doing, Kelly? Because the brain doesn't like change. So when other people are changing, you're like, whoa, don't rock my boat. Everything was going great. So you're gonna look at your kids or you're gonna look at your spouse. Those are the places where comparison happens a lot or your house or your job or your income or your car or your food that you cook. This is where it's plug and play. Take that thing that I'm talking about where you're like, oh, yep, whoo, there it is. When you have that thing, then you will be like, oh, that's where I compare the most because I feel the most lack. Oh, Kelly's saying this is normal. I can make a change in this place where I feel lack, but it doesn't mean that I'm a bad human. It doesn't mean the other person is a better human. So focus on your pizza parlor, the people that are in your restaurant, because it's just like Shanti. He's one of my favorite trainers. And I've told you this story before. And if you missed the episode, it was about how he is literally one of the greatest trainers on the planet. And his workouts are unbelievable. And he does all levels. And one of my first workouts I ever did with him was insanity and literally life-changing. It was 60 days. And he says, you get a year's worth of the gym in 60 days. And he was right. I remember listening to him in his talks and he would say, people like, how'd you get so big? How'd this happen? What happened? He's like, it's because when I would work at a gym and I'd have a class, I was really bummed out that I only had five people show up for my class because I knew I had a lot to offer. But instead of beating myself up that there was only five people, I poured so much heart and soul and form help and my heart into those five people that they felt that connection. So when they left, they went home and say, oh my gosh, I just had the best workout ever. And then that five turned into 20, turned into 25. Then it was a waiting list. People would get there 30 minutes before just to get a spot in the room. And then they'd have a waiting list in case someone didn't show up. And his class went from five people to now he's helping millions online. And people said, how does that happen? He's like, it's the compound effect, which we talked about a couple of weeks ago. It's not one thing. It's pouring my heart and soul into those five people, which turned into 10, which turned into 20, which turned into 25 rinse, repeat, rinse, repeat. If he would have beat himself up that he's not good enough trainer at those five people, they would have picked up on that energy. And then they're like, yeah, it was a good workout. I'm probably gonna go, I don't know, I might try another gym. So when you pour into your kids, because you know that your kids are literally hand chosen from God, from the universe, whatever you believe, to teach you where you need to learn, where you need to grow, where you need to evolve, then you're like, oh, this is the journey that I'm supposed to have with you. Oh, I don't need a different child. I don't even need you to be different than you are. I just need to control my side of the street. I don't need to be in other people's pizza parlor. I don't need to be in other people's homes. I can create a home that is the home that I wanted when I was younger, whether you had it or when you didn't have it. You can be the parent that you needed when you were younger. If you had awesome parents, recreate that. If you had horrible parents, do the opposite of that. If you had 50-50 parents, which a lot of people did, it's not all or nothing. You can take the parts that you liked and then discard those parts that you didn't. You're a grown woman and a grown man. You step into emotional adulthood and you get to create a life by design. You get to create a life in your four walls that you dreamed of when you were younger, when you didn't feel safe or you felt insecure. But what happens is our insecurities take over. We are so fixated on what went wrong in our childhood. So then we try so hard to not do that, that we focus so much on the not that we actually recreate it because our brain's always trying to heal old wounds in current time. It's completely normal. So you don't beat yourself up. You're like, oh, I get to create a new normal. But new normal is very scary. It's very lonely because you've never done it before. And then if you didn't have the most awesome parents and then they come over and see how you're parenting differently, they're like lots of judgment, lots of shame. And that's okay. You don't want them to agree with you because you didn't like when it happened to you. But you don't need to go into all that. They were just doing the very best that they could at the time that they did based on their level of consciousness, based on their level of involvement. So I want you to take away the comparison. And when comparison does happen, know that that is a GPS for you on an area that just needs more consciousness and more attention. Doesn't mean something's gone wrong. Doesn't mean you're a horrible human. Doesn't mean someone's better than you. Everyone has their 50-50, no matter what. I have 50-50 every single stinking honking day. A lot of my 50, I can't talk about because it's not even my story. Stressors and things going on. People outside my four walls where I worry or stress or I'm praying really hard for a friend. So it's completely normal to think because of Facebook, which we're going to talk about next week, having that inside of you. And when it happens, you bring it up. You're like, oh, this is what Kelly's talking about. Everyone has their 50-50. And then you pray through it versus wishing your life was better because you have what you have in front of you and the children you have. Go back to the episode called How to Be a Perfect Parent. When you know that your child is hand chosen from God, from the universe for you to teach you where you need to grow in a very evolving way, not a way of I'm not good enough. Then you're like, oh, I already have the perfect child for me and they have the perfect parent. The connection that was made long before us, our soul connection is perfect. And then all of our activities and all of our energy and all of our words can be B minus, maybe even C plus, C minus. So then when your kids are B minus, C plus, D, all the things, then you're like, oh, that's part of being a human. Being a human is hard, bro. It's hard for us and it's hard for our little kids, especially when they're looking up to us like, am I doing a good enough job? Am I good enough? And if we can't answer a resounding yes, that's where a lot of the behaviors come from because they're floundering going, am I good enough? Am I worthy? Am I value? What do I do to need to get this person's attention and Wi-Fi? Oh, if I act out and throw eggs at her face then I'll get attention, okay, I'll do more of that. They'd rather get their attention in positive ways, but if they don't know how to, they will do whatever they need to do to get it because that to them is their livelihoods, that's their lifeline, that's their oxygen, that's their Wi-Fi. So that's where it helps to get curious and not furious. I love you guys and have a beautiful week with your beautiful pizza parlor of your four walls and create the pizza of your dreams to help all of those customers within your restaurant and outside of your restaurant. I love you guys and I'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Hey, mamas, thanks for listening. If you had any ahas, clicks, or those lightning bolt moments while listening, you have to check out my free parenting boot camp where we take all of this to the next level and we try to create even more awakenings for ourselves so that we can connect more with our kids and never yell at them again. You can sign up at www.coachingkelly.com. And if you really want to fill up my love cup, Send me an email of what your aha was, what your click was. What was that lightning bolt moment while you were listening? I want nothing more in life than for you to have harmony in your home and to learn how to be an imperfect mom like me, which allows your kids to be imperfect too, each and every day. Thanks for listening.